Hey friend, do you wanna offer meaningful learning solutions that create behavior change, fit in the flow of work and yield real results for your nonprofit? If yes, this is the podcast for you. Join me as I explore instructional design and leadership development best practices, as well as change management, belonging, and influence. If we haven't met yet, I'm Heather and I've been in your shoes. I'm a learning and development consultant and founder of Skill Masters Market. Before starting my business, I led learning and leadership development initiatives for a large national nonprofit. I know what it's like to need to develop your staff quickly and effectively and to build the relationships and cut through the organizational layers to be successful. And I'm bringing all of that to you in this podcast. So block your calendar, turn off your Teams or Slack chat, and let's dive in. It's learning for good. As nonprofit learning and development leaders, we may feel burnout from time to time. Maybe your workload is heavier than usual. Maybe it feels unmanageable. Maybe you aren't getting the communication you need from senior leadership, a decision, or some kind of communication that you need from them, some direction. Maybe it's been a while since you were recognized for your work and the impact that learning and development has on the organization. There are so many reasons we may feel overwhelmed disconnected, or even burned out. I've been there. But to overcome burnout, we need to be able to identify the real underlying causes. That's why I've invited special guest, Jesse Pagliari, to join me and talk about the underlying reasons we struggle with burnout and what to do about them. Let's dive in. It's learning for good. All right, I've invited Jesse Pagliari to join me to talk about the reasons we struggle with burnout and what we can do to overcome it. If you are struggling with burnout yourself, or you have a staff person who is, or you're responsible for the corporate wellness program at your nonprofit, listen in to today's episode. Jesse is the founder and CEO of Everyday Bliss Co., a personal and corporate wellness company. She is an ex top performer in the Fortune 15 and a survivor of stress related illness. When Jessie fell ill with a stress-related illness called fibromyalgia, she was forced to take a one-year sabbatical from work. In her time away from work, she gained her master's in communication from Northwestern, stress management certification from the Mayo Clinic, and a 300-hour yoga, breath, and meditation certification from Yandara Yoga Institute. Upon reflection, Jessie saw an opportunity to reimagine the way we work to better support employee wellness. She combined her corporate experience, master's degree, and wellness certifications to build and deliver wellness programs that have measurable impact for corporations and their employees. Today, Jesse helps organizations support their employee wellness, engagement, and retention through her evidence-based methodology. Welcome, Jesse. Hi, Heather. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on the podcast with you. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited when we got connected. And I learned that this is what you are focused on in your company because it's such a need. I'm hearing it all the time from nonprofit learning and development leaders, wellness, well-being, burnout, top of the conversation for so many of us. But before we jump into all the amazing tips that I'm sure you're going to share with us, tell us a little bit about your career journey. I always like to get a little glimpse into how we get to where we are in our careers. Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks for that great intro that you did. I'll just dive a little bit deeper. So I previously was working at LinkedIn, selling the LinkedIn learnings, digital learning program. And I was supporting about 50 different clients, digital learning programs. 
And so there I developed burnout, which then unchecked led to chronic burnout and then led to stress-related illness. Stress is the source of 90% of disease. So for me, it really did begin with burnout and then turned into fibromyalgia, as you mentioned. I ended up having to take a medical leave and then a year-long sabbatical from work altogether. And in that time away from work, as you said, I was really able to reflect. I got my master's in communication from Northwestern. I got stress management certified at the Mayo Clinic. And then I got my yoga, breathwork, and meditation certification from Yandara Yoga. So in that time of reflection, I really thought, wow, everything I'm learning could benefit all my peers and colleagues in these corporate settings. And then I even expanded it further. Teachers could benefit from this. Moms could benefit from this. Leaders and managers can benefit from this. There's so many people experiencing stress all over the world who could benefit from just a few simple tips. So I took what I learned from this corporate experience from Northwestern and then from the Mayo Clinic and Yandara. And I built these measurable evidence-based wellness strategies and solutions that I now deliver to corporations to help employees see real and measurable results in managing their own wellness. And I'm sure not just from your own experience, but from what you're seeing in corporations, wellness, well-being, this has become quite the popular topic and it is in nonprofits as well. So why is burnout or corporate wellness becoming so popular right now in particular? So burnout is becoming very popular because actually eight in 10 Americans are affected by burnout all or some days. And this data is from Gallup. So if you're listening and you're wondering, am I experiencing burnout? I'm not quite sure what it is. Could this be me? Burnout, the official definition is the result of prolonged workplace stress. And what it looks like is feelings of energy, depletion or exhaustion, mental distance from one's job or feelings of cynicism towards work. So some real life examples may look like forgetfulness or making more errors where you wouldn't usually make errors. And then these like maybe quick little tasks taking unreasonably long or just avoiding them altogether. So when we think about this as a topic, it's popular for two reasons. One is that eight in 10 people being affected, it's a lot of people, 80%. And even if you as an organization are performing 50% better than that, that's still foreign to people. So 40% of your people are experiencing burnout all or some days. It's a costly problem. And this is the second reason why it's a popular topic. It costs the organization in terms of absenteeism, lost productivity, increased medical assistance and needs for employees. And overall, we're looking at about 18% of salary is the cost of burnout per employee. So in an organization of, let's say, 5,000 employees with an average salary of $50,000, the cost of burnout is $30 million. So relatively significant from the organizational standpoint. But when we're thinking about an individual and your audience and your listeners, it's costing them as well when they're burnt out. I'm going to make this joke. The Snickers commercial, you're not you when you're hungry. Well, you're not you when you're burnt out. You feel removed from work. You can't perform and contribute in the way that you'd like to. And it costs you a lot of time and energy to get back to that place where you can. Absolutely. I think we've probably all experienced it to some extent. It's just a matter of how heavy it has been for us at any given time. There are definitely times when things just don't feel manageable and you find yourself avoiding a task or making more mistakes than you normally would, as you mentioned, at some of those tangible things. And so there are definitely times when we're feeling those 
repercussions individually, but to think about the impact that it can have across an organization as well is just really incredible. So organizations are starting to pay attention to this. They're starting to invest in this, figure out what they should do, can do. What are you seeing them typically do in response to corporate burnout? I see businesses approach wellness as an event. What this can look like is having a free yoga class once a month, a team happy hour, a fireside chat where you're discussing different wellness topics, or perhaps a smoothie day. And so these are all great and they really work towards morale building, team building, and maybe a boost in employee appreciation. But where these activities really don't help is with burnout. So if someone is feeling exhausted and depleted, it might actually cost them more energy to go to the yoga event or to the happy hour. And so while these things are great, the yoga events are great, happy hours, great smoothie day is great, keep doing them. They're really more of a phase one. They're an introduction to wellness. They're dipping our toe in the water. A great place to start for phase two and phase three, in my opinion, is stress management. Stress is universal. Everyone experiences stress at some level in their life at some point. And this can really help employees become more aware of their relationship between work and wellness, right? It doesn't exist in a vacuum. If I have a late night with work, I'm really stressed, then I can't sleep. That affects my energy for the next day. And maybe this continues on for days, weeks, or months, and that affects my overall well-being. So because of the preventative nature of stress management, Stress management training tends to see a six to one return, whereas reactive wellness sees a three to one return. So from an investment standpoint, I really recommend beginning with stress management because it's the most effective and efficient, and it's something that all your employees could really use. Do you wish you could connect with other nonprofit learning and development leaders? I know what it feels like to want someone to bounce ideas off of and to learn from someone who really understands you and your work. Imagine if you could have a simple way to meet people in the field, ask questions, and share information. That's why I created the Nonprofit Learning and Development Collective, where nonprofit L&D, talent management, and DEI leaders can connect with each other quickly and easily in a virtual space. When you join this community, you will walk away with a new, diverse, and powerful network and a sounding board for your staff development needs. So if you're ready to exchange ideas and collaborate with your peers, come join the Nonprofit L&D Collective. That makes sense. And I am definitely seeing a lot in kind of the, the event side more so right now. But I love that we're shifting the conversation to start thinking about preventative measures. And you talked about stress management training. I would imagine that one of the things that you would want people to do if they're completing a stress management training is figure out what is that underlying reason? What is that cause for the burnout to begin with? So I have nonprofit learning and development leaders on who listen to this podcast. They may be experiencing burnout themselves. They may be have someone on their team who is experiencing it or be responsible for the corporate wellness strategy at their organization. How can they uncover the reasons behind burnout? within themselves or within their organization? So Gallup identifies five key causes of burnout. They are unreasonable time pressure on your tasks, unmanageable workload, unfair treatment at work, 
unclear communication, and lack of manager support. So with those being the key five areas, I would say start paying attention to where those are existing in your workday. Additionally, stress affects us in four different ways. It affects us mentally, so how we're thinking and processing. It affects our physical well-being, so it could cause shortness of breath. It could cause a faster heart rate. It could cause just feelings of tenseness throughout the body. It affects us emotionally, so how we are feeling throughout the day. And then it affects us socially as well, which is a big one that people forget. Maybe we're lashing out with others when we're not really intending to. Maybe we are being more short or isolated or closed off. So really looking at how am I behaving throughout the day? Are these four areas being touched? And if they are, then that's a really good indicator to start taking care of yourself in terms of these five areas that Gallup identified. So your workload and time pressure and communication. If those things are out of balance, then we're going to feel the effects in terms of our physical and mental well-being. So getting more balanced in those areas can be really helpful. Great. That makes total sense. And let's say they're going through this process, they figure out what it is that might be contributing to the burnout. What are some steps they can take to overcome that burnout once they've they've figured that out and they've uncovered those reasons? Yeah. So when we think about those five key reasons, two of them, unclear communication from managers and lack of manager support are both from the manager. But Not ironically, managers are one of the most likely groups to be burnt out. So it is similar to what you hear on the airplane. Put your own oxygen mask on before helping others. Managers really need to take care of themselves and really be the example before they can extend themselves towards helping others. Because what I've found is most managers are already overextended. So a great place to start is taking healthy breaks away from devices. Research shows that when we're in front of our devices, subconsciously, we hold our breath or breathe really shallowly. So from the chest rather than from the belly. And doctors are calling this email apnea. So this is really dangerous because shallow breathing can trigger our stress response, even when we're just sending emails or on a call or going about our day as we normally would. It can trigger our stress response. And then this can contribute to furthering your burnout or creating burnout if you're not experiencing any. So taking healthy breaks means spending time in nature, taking deep breaths and really stimulating the vagus nerve, which is the driver of our nervous system and takes us out of fight or flight and into rest and digest, or going for a walk. These are all great ways to spend your break times. And they're also clinically proven. This is coming straight from the Mayo Clinic on ways to support your nervous system and improve your ability to recover from stress. That sounds like a great, really actionable step that they can take just to step away, close the device and go outside, take a walk, whatever that looks like for them so that they're getting that kind of recovery time so that they can re-enter, eventually re-enter into that workload because the workload doesn't always go away either. So I think that's a great step because it's very balanced with reality as well. So Jesse, any final words of wisdom or thoughts that you want to share with the Learning for Good listeners? Absolutely. So as I said, managers have and leaders have the most ability to influence burnout in their organization. 
So after you've taken care of yourself, really be the example for others. If you're taking a break, encourage your team to take breaks. If you're spending time away from your devices, encourage your team to do so as well. And this can really open a dialogue around health and wellness and help to spread this better behaviors and better stress management behaviors across your organization. Great advice, Jesse. Thank you so much for joining me today on Learning for Good. Thank you. So I often talk about how much we can learn from each other. I love having guests on the podcast because I can bring additional resources, expertise, and conversations to you as a Learning for Good listener. That's also why I created the nonprofit Learning and Development Collective. It's a place for us to share with and learn from one another, a powerful, diverse network of L&D, talent management, and DEI leaders. We tackle topics just like this one each week. Grab the link to the group in the show notes, and I'll see you there. I'll see you next time on Learning for Good. Hey friend, was this episode helpful for you? Did you like what you heard? Do you want more content like this? Here are three things you can do. Hit subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. Share this episode with a colleague. This means so much to me personally. I read every review, but it also helps me learn what content you like most so I can create more of what you want. All right. Turn that Teams or Slack chat back on when you're ready, and I'll see you next time on Learning for Good.